What up everyone, this is the Twice Over Film Club and I'm your host Faraz. Today we're discussing Elena, a Russian language film from 2011. Hopefully you've got your watch in because this episode does contain spoilers. Check out thetwiceover.com to see how we rated this film. If you're looking for a film with great aesthetics and strong thematic elements, this film is as high as an 85. But if you're only concerned with the story, you might feel it's a bit more average. While you're there, see all the other movies we've reviewed on our podcast and make sure you follow us at the Twice Over on all the socials to stay current with our watch list. All right, it's myself, Fahad, and Yusuf. What'd you guys think about the performances? Is it hard to judge because the because it's your first experience with Russian movies? I guess because um, Elena, the main character Elena, um, the actress's name, she won an award apparently, right? So, what would yeah. you guys think overall about the acting? Yeah, um, again, I'm gonna struggle to say these names, but uh, na, na, <laughs> Nadija Markina, I'll go with that, uh, plays Elena, and so I mean, you know, she's kind of our our totem the entire movie, essentially, right? Um, you know, there's there's very few shots that she's not in. You know, she's kind of the the constant throughout this entire thing. Um, I thought she I thought she was really good. Um, you know, I didn't. I honestly ended up going feeling about average about the acting overall i think that's because maybe maybe i didn't like some of the the supporting acting um and i didn't like the way that the the plot kind of um i didn't like the acting that she was forced to do by by virtue of the plot i guess um you know it, okay. it, it seemed a little bit disingenuous at times um mm. but like if we're talking about for example um after you've uh, murdered your husband um mm-hmm. <laughs> like how how do you feel and how quickly do you get to that decision and then move on from that decision um didn't, did you feel this movie was a little bit disjointed in that fashion yeah so okay um as far as the narrative goes Right, Fahad, you really liked it at 90. I give it a 55, actually. Yusuf, what did you give the narrative? Um, narrative, I'm at a, a 60. So Okay, so me and Yusuf probably are seeing eye to eye here, and it's probably because of that scene right there, or that decision, right, for the story to progress in a way where mm-hmm. she decides pretty abruptly that, hey, I'm going to murder my husband. That's how I'm going to uh, save Sasha's uh, potential draft to the uh, military. But, like, how sudden it was... It just it just ruined the story for me because after that all I could think about like wait why did she because you felt throughout throughout the beginning that. of the movie that she was an upstanding person right right someone who's morally grounded in everything else so are we getting are we finally seeing her for what she is was she originally just like um you know somewhat of a parasite was she was she just in it for the money with this marriage. I didn't, I didn't, I thought about that for a second, but I, I didn't feel ready to accept that either because, yeah, you know, the, the scene that follows right after, right, for us is like, you know, uh, how many ever minutes of her kind of dealing and coping with what she just did. And she's like clearly having basically a panic attack afterwards. She's like, she doesn't know how to get rid of the notes about the will. And she's kind of like, you know, fumbling with that. And it, it you know, basically it mm-hmm. clearly had an impact on her. And it's not like, um, only someone who's like a seasoned killer can make that decision and act on it so quickly. But she clearly wasn't that based on her reaction. Um, so, like, I did want to believe that, like, you know, she really is just kind of a regular person. She's a, you know, she's a motherly, um, you know, figure who, you know, found herself in kind of a precarious situation. Um, so yeah. so then, it, yeah, it, it did bother me because that decision just seemed totally out of the character um, as far as what, I, what else I could read from the movie. So, um, and, and yeah. I'm getting away from the acting part of this, but it's because that really 
really just impacted my ability to even uh, assess the acting. She probably did a pretty good job acting out all of that, you know, all of that emotion and the panic and everything, but it just felt out of place. What was your score overall for acting, Yusuf? Um, I was at a 70. So, I mean, I, I you know, I thought, sh- I thought she did pretty well, but I, I guess I... And, and, you know, it's, it, this is a discussion. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't hammer down on the acting for decisions that were clearly made by the director, right? Um, and so... For the story, right? Right, exactly. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm at average, but I, I thought she herself was probably above average. In a, the other side characters, maybe not as much, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, she was really like a solid, um, you know, constant figure to kind of carry you through the story, I thought. Yeah, she was definitely the 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 most relatable person in this movie. Um, yeah, 100%. I thought that, um, I, I see the trouble that you're having, right? Uh, seeing her for the murder that she is and then for her actions, the rest of the movie. Um, yeah. Does that more so, then speak more so about like this, the um, desperateness of a situation she was in that she was forced to, that she considered the murder, right? I don't think the situation she was in was that desperate. Yeah, I didn't think it was that desperate either. <laughs> Do you think the story should have made his made her grandson's story a little bit more dire in order to justify, you know, her actions? I thought that yeah, yeah, and so I think they kind of try to do do that actually. So when she does get the money already and um we see what the lights go out in the building and Sasha leaves like with his boys to like go fight another gang or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. please so, like, kind of try to force that in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my, my perspective was that they're trying to force us to like understand this is the world he's in. Like he needs to get out, mm-hmm. right? Or else he's gonna he's gonna be stuck in this world where he might not survive. Because I mean, obviously, poverty is is poverty, right? So like, I don't know. Again, that scene was very random. It was it was sudden. It just happened. Um, it was like a plot device. It just didn't feel that great. Like that. I, I didn't like take anything away from the acting here or anything like that. I just I my score for narrative speaks for itself, right? If I gave it a fifty five, I just thought like those things in the story kind of took me out. Yeah, can we break down that that shot because I I thought they put a lot of emphasis on that shot in a couple of ways, and like I'll, I'll tell you basically what I noticed is that most of the movie they're pretty still shots that were that we're looking through. That shot was, you know, when they're when Sasha is leaving his house following his, you know, his friends out into the the forest. Uh, that was clearly on handheld. So, like, there, there's kind mm-hmm. of a change in, in you know, perspective there. Uh, it's a very rocky shot. It's, like, up and down, bouncing mm-hmm. all over the place. It's, um, it's very chaotic, right? Yes. And I think that's what the camera work tries to bring into it. 100%. Like the chaos of it, the... Uh, the animalistic energy, right? Right. And and so, you know, I didn't want to just like dismiss the scene as like, oh, they're just trying to show us a quick thing. I mean, they like it was very carefully put in there and it's put in very close to the end as of the movie as well. Um so it's like one of those things that kind of lingers with you. Um what else were they trying to say there? I, and to be honest, I was even con- confused about who was beating him up? Like I was like, at first I thought I no he was idea. like approaching like a bunch of homeless people, and they were just being like horrible <laughs> children. You know what I mean? Um, and then yeah, it was clear that there was like other teenagers there or whatever. So you know, and it looks like he just kind of gets beat up, and he kind of he he's left on the ground. And then the camera goes back to like a still shot, just looking down that little like narrow passageway along the trees, right? And um, you know, the mm-hmm. lights are kind of starting to flicker on because it's hitting dusk. Uh, but he's just lying there, still motionless. For quite a while and then he kind of rolls over at the end do you think they should have ended the movie there with him lying on the tracks it would have not implying that he died it would it wouldn't have been a bad shot right it's like uh 
you know, you could take so many meanings out of that where it's like, okay, all your problems are solved, but you know, you can't, you can only take a horse, uh, you can only bring a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. Is that, like he, he yeah. you know, he gets his, in his own way in the end, no matter what everyone is trying to do to kind of, you know, basically, uh, you know, alleviate his situation. Right? Yeah, and it would be and an extremely tragic. Curate his life, right? Um, yeah, th- they're not able to kind of step in, but they don't leave us on that shot. So, like, I'm just, I got mm. very kind of scatterbrained trying to to break down what we're trying to, what should, what should I glean from that shot, basically? I I think you're right to glean that. Um, his life isn't going to be overall changed. It's not going to be changed for the better, right? Even though the, all this money is being injected into his life, he's. I don't see him succeeding in his future endeavors. He's he's just going to end up like his, his father. And the movie tries to hammer that home with um, the dialogue between Katya and her father, Vladimir, in the hospital. It's like the idea that the kids are the rotten seeds of their parents and uh, nothing ever changes. Yeah, I guess I like that. You know, um, yeah, nobody can solve your problems, right? Because it seems like the mother mm-hmm. is constantly trying to solve. Uh, Elena is trying to solve Sergey's problems, her son, and Sergey, mm-hmm. through his mother, is trying to solve Sasha's problems. Um, and now, great, they got him into university because they have the money, and he doesn't have to go to the military. Um, does that mean he's going to be some successful businessman? Absolutely not, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, the, basically, nobody can solve your problems, and not even money can solve your problems, right? Um, mm-hmm. Not bad. I, don't, I, I, th- I, think, I think I like that breakdown of it. Um, I was a little bit confused in the moment, but kind of stepping back and thinking it through, um, mm-hmm. I like what they're, what they're trying to show us there. I would have liked um, a more tragic ending. <laughs> you want it to be more dark? Yeah. Were you waiting for something to happen? Because they do kind of make things a little uh, uh, ominous. Ominous, yeah. yeah because the light, right? She's on the train with the money, and the train hits a horse and kills it. Um, she, when they're at the apartment, the lights go out, and she freaks out, like as if something is gonna happen, right? She's she's obviously has the burden of guilt on her at this point. Mm-hmm. So I was anticipating you know, something to happen. Yes. Yeah, Maybe something tragic. And she, the way she's tightly holding on to the money, like it, like it's her life. Right. Yeah. But at the end, right. They're all happily in this n- nice new, well, not new for, uh, Elena, but for the family, you know, they're at the condo. They're already making future plans. Like, Hey, we're going to build a wall here. And then Sasha can have his own room. Um, like it was a strange ending for me. And then we do see Sasha staring down at a bunch of kids playing soccer uh, I, I was trying to figure out, you know, what are they trying? What's what is it symbolizing here? So Sasha, he... Sasha, in that scene, he spits off of the balcony, similar to the way he was doing in the, in the his former um, in the slums, right? And so I think it's just showing that it, nothing's changed really. So well, I thought maybe it was like, oh, he's not gonna fit in with those kids there that he's watching. Mm-hmm. Like he's just gonna he's he's different from them. He's separate from them, uh, even if he's in the same neighborhood. It was it was it was just a very interesting sequence to end on so far as you, you pointed out the first thing that bothered me or not bothered me but i was like wait am i supposed to be getting something and i'm, I'm not sure which was that police horse or whatever it was kind of lying on the side of the on the, of the you know the railway um and everyone's kind mm-hmm. of glancing back at it um and that then the you know the power goes out then we have you know sasha and his friends getting you know beat up in the forest um and then they once they get into the the their home right or you know it was vladimir's home that they've now kind of taken over um there's also this like kind of strange shot of the of the the new baby i guess right um Mm -hmm. laying on the bed and uh 
just like an it's like an isolated shot just kind of framed right around the baby mm-hmm. um again laying motionless and you can see that the baby is breathing obviously is like sleeping uh but like what was that about too I, so that's kind of the, the progression of those like odd scenes i was like maybe i'm really not catching something here mm-hmm. i wasn't sure either so my first thought was all right now this his sasha's younger brother the baby is gonna is gonna grow up spoiled and rich mm-hmm knowing only this kind of and you know still end up like, like Katya, Katya or yeah, something yeah uh, yeah uh I, that's that's the only thing i kind of gleaned from it because so when it, he, when i saw that scene my mind jumped back to that conversation between uh, vladimir and elena where they're talking about sergey's mistake the first kid right and he talks about oh there was a second mistake and she like dismisses it and now this is the third mistake i think that's what you just, the director just wants Wait, to Wait, that's not the about. third kid. She's still pregnant with the third one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's, that's the younger brother, and then she's pregnant with the yeah. third, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it also shows, like, how <laughs> like Elena wants to defend them. Like, hey, the first one was just a mistake. They had him when he was really young. Uh, but, like, it's, it's the same, I guess, mistake now three times. I think one thing that we should really be taking away from this movie is, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty sure... Like from as a third party, you know, we're looking at Katya's situation with her father, and then uh, Sergey's situation with his mother, and we we can clearly understand both sides, right? When Vladimir says, "Hey, Sergey should be taking care of his own son," and then at the same time, when Elena is saying, "Like, hey, you you do all this for your daughter despite her not not taking advantage of any of it, um, like why can't you help out um, my kids?" So, like, I see both sides here, but how did you guys see it? I didn't see it any further than that, right? I mean, I guess the point is, right, that depending on your situation, mm-hmm. like, what side is going to be more reasonable to you? Because for Elena, it's unreasonable that Vladimir continues to support Katya the way he does. And for Vladimir, it's unreasonable for Elena to expect him to support Sergei and his family. But from our perspective, both are kind of right in some way. I mean, I think you're speaking to what I thought was kind of one of the larger motifs that we were watching, which is kind of like duty, right? Um, so, you know, there's duties that you have in the sense of like a responsibility to others um, and and a responsibility for, for your own matters, right? And so for Elena, it's like, you know, I absolutely do not have a choice. He's my son and this is my grandson and I need to do what I can and no one else can tell me how to deal with them right she even she kind of uh, admonishes Vladimir at the at the in the like one of the the very earliest conversation that we see them have at the at the breakfast table um, for kind mm-hmm. of you know mm-hmm. meddling in terms of well, why does why do you have to go over there to to drop off groceries and money why can't you know why can't he come drag himself over here and pick it up himself um, so there's like that and then on the other side of the table is Vladimir who's now being asked to um, you know, to show a sense of responsibility to someone outside of, you know, his his own. Um, and, and he obviously does not see that it's his it's his duty. It's not his responsibility. Um, so there's kind of there's kind of um, a divide there in terms of, you know, what you're what you're truly what what should be asked of you, I guess. Right. Because, you know, it, it, you would you would argue that, oh, he has money and it's it's his wife. He should be willing to help out. Um, but they kind of draw these hard lines in terms of, you know, what is what they're responsible for. Right. Yeah. Because he even says, like, hey, if it was his health that was in question right now, you would see the money on the table right away. But like when it comes to his education 
he just doesn't see it the same way. And Elena tries to explain, like, hey, it's just as important. But the line's drawn for him. Right, and because he, he even says, like, oh, this would be a good lesson for Sergei. So essentially, <laughs> sending your... Sasha being sent off to the army is a good lesson for his father that he needs to figure out how to deal with his, his own stuff, right? <laughs> like, uh, and that's kind of the, the world that, that, that he sees and how he, how he thinks things should be dealt with. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then there's also kind of this, like... This whole idea of, um, you know, similar to the the duty that you have to people, like also like, you know, whether you're whether you're um, like what what duties you have like unto yourself or what is your purpose, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, because, uh, you know, he, he looks at his his daughter and the fact that, you know, how many times is the fact that she doesn't have any children? So Vladimir does not have any grandchildren. How many times does that come up? It comes up you know, mm-hmm. several th- times with Elena and then also in the hospital directly to Katya. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, it, it he, he views it as like, you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, he's, he's kind of scolding Sergei for having children, right. And doing <laughs> it without being able to take care of them. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting duality as well. Definitely. Cause considering Katya is probably totally, incapable of raising children without the help of her father or her partner right or her partner whoever yeah but like in terms of financial help Mm -hmm. clearly she's reliant upon her father i think vladimir he he wants katya to start her own family because he thinks it will give her purpose right to have kids yeah that's kind of what he implies that you would have yeah because he sees it with elena and how dutiful she is towards not only her own children, but her grandchildren, the the amount of sacrifices she's willing to go through just to, to ensure their welfare. And then Katya comes back with that. Be- uh, that whole exchange in the hospital was great, right? Where they're talking about meaning in life. And yeah, yeah, that was a good that was a good exchange. Uh, the dialogue was like very, um, very clever, like about purpose. Right. About, uh, again, like what Yusuf was saying, like the duties that each of them have. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of get the sense that you know Katya does love her dad. Oh yeah. It's just it towards at by the end of it, they're like um, they've like bonded in their. Yeah, he's laughing. He's like laughing at everything, right? They're enjoying each other's company at the very yeah. end. Yeah, it's interesting because that that seems to not be enough for him in a in a sense uh, because like you know they actually get along, right? On the other hand, Elena and Sergey, I, I would argue they don't really like each other that much, right? But there's this just this familial bond between them and and you know you don't nothing else needs to 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 be said about that right it's just like that's all there is he's my son you know she's my mother um and so the two very different relationships it, it, this just occurred to me now but it's almost as though vladimir is a little bit jealous of the sacrifices that elena has made um so the, the fact that you it seems a little nonsensical that you'd be jealous of someone else's sacrifices right but you know mm-hmm. the the sacrifices do give her purpose like you said right um and and vladimir doesn't really have that he he and he harps on that a couple times where he's like you know there's only two people in the world for me and it's you know elena who ends up murdering him and and katya right um that's all he has and that's all there will be for him he's looking over to the other side and he's like looking at how other people live towards at the end, towards the end of his own life right maybe he has some final regrets on how he's lived his life kind of like in a cold way where he's just chased money and his career. He has that realization when he's like, I need to write a will. And like Yusuf said, there's only two people in his life yeah. that he, he has to like account for. And he, d- he doesn't love Elena, right? And Elena doesn't love him. Uh, that's what I took away from it. Did you guys feel any no. different? I, I felt there was definitely some love there. 
<laughs> so it was weird at the very like beginning the first scene or two i thought it was uh maybe like her dad or something because of their because they don't living sleep, situation they don't sleep in, in the same rooms. room yeah separate rooms yeah exactly and then uh when when she i think when they initially mentioned like hey this is you don't talk about your daughter that way and I'm like, oh, okay, they're definitely a couple uh, with like previous marriages and children. I do think there is love between them, but it's almost like platonic in a way. I mean, we do see them like they do have one intimate moment, but there's nothing. I guess it's not it's not your standard. It's definitely version yeah, it's definitely love. not your standard relationship. But it's Vladimir, and I don't know, I don't know if he's ever been more intimate than anyone else right he's he's got this strange relationship with his own daughter <laughs> his uh, first wife's left him uh, we don't see her at all um so maybe this is as much as as far as he can go with like you know sharing his uh, his life with someone else i like how you said that like it's vladimir like, eh, it's vlad you know how vlad yeah. is <laughs> like yeah. uh, i mean you're right though like that's that's kind of just the only the, that's all we see that he's capable of necessarily i i, I do want to make the argument that they're absolutely not in love um so let me let me lay out a couple of things that i i, I noticed just kind of threads that i was trying, sure. trying to tie together um i mean one that she murders <laughs> yeah one um <laughs> she murders him uh that is that is correct <laughs> that's a big one um shoot i didn't even have that on my list let me just adjust real quick um okay so you so, got four <laughs> yeah so now, we got a few more now um so yeah obviously she murders him but um you know one thing that I noticed right from the beginning, from the very beginning of the movie, um, aesthetically, in terms of the sound, I thought they were doing a lot of uh, careful, you know, movements with the the sound leveling and everything. Did you guys notice that, like, anytime they were in the house, there's, like, mm-hmm. an extremely, like, hollow feeling to all of the sound? Um, it's, like, really quiet. Echoey. Yeah, it's echoey. There's, like, sharp noises. I felt like I had, like, my ear to the floor in those scenes and it's like every single noise like resonates a little bit right um especially like in that early scene she's in the kitchen preparing breakfast or whatever she's drawing the shades um all of that like it was just like all, all the noises were very jarring and then eventually she leaves the house she goes out into the street there's so much more bustle the you know the orchestral music that was used frequently which i really liked starts to kind of play over you get like a real contrast with the interior it's almost like there's a warmth and there's a busyness once she's outside the house um inside it felt very um you know cold and functional almost and i thought that was representative of their relationship right they like you said they sleep in different rooms um there's often asks about you know what do you need to do? What do you need to get done? What do you need from me? Um, you know, is it my responsibility to do X, Y, and Z? Um, and I felt like that was kind of the the baseline for their relationship. When you when when we see that in contrast with what goes on in uh, in Sergey's home, um, it's like they're always yelling at each other. They don't even like each other, but they're family at the end of the day. It's like there's there's a warmth there with like the way that they hate each other, with like the arguments <laughs> that they have, you know what I mean? Um, it felt a lot more regular to me in a way. Um, so yeah. I, I think I felt like they were they were changing the sound leveling in those different scenes to kind of make sure that you felt how hollow it was inside that house. Um, so that was one thing that I that I certainly noticed off the bat. I would say uh, one thing to add to that, as far as the the rich vladimir's house the tv the tv was always so loud oh my god mm-hmm. yeah i really f- they were blasting it and then you know you have elena who's generally watching like talk shows or something and vladimir's watching his soccer yeah. game so my theory on but that yeah. is that elena was watching these talk show talk shows where 
the whole point was to to get at some moral i guess um I don't know. It's more I like it's like self improvement stuff, right? Like yeah. self improvement, like, like dieting, exercising, things like that. Yeah, to ensure that the general public has a good foundation of morals, right? And then uh, Vladimir was just watching just just stuff to indulge himself, right? Sports or um, some other stuff that was just like for pleasure. Um, but yeah, Yusuf completely agreed on your observation about how cold their house was, and um, it speaks to kind of like how. I guess maybe the director was trying to draw um, a contrast between the two households. Like one's very cramped. And so you hear a lot. You're just like, you're inundated with more noise. Yeah. And, it, and then in a larger house, you would only, you every little sound would sound larger. Mm-hmm. Right. Because of how empty it is in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think that's right. Um, and then like, there's also, did you guys notice there's, there's like, there's these little scenes that I was like trying to place and there, there's a there's a whole thing before he has the heart attack when he goes to the gym right um he's on the treadmill and he's kind of like eyeing this much younger woman uh and then and then he kind of you know she notices him he smiles at her she walks past him when he's at the water fountain uh and then is, is she also the the lifeguard that ends up kind of pulling him out of the water no no, no it's I different so. okay yeah. um but in any case for for some reason that just like i was like what are they trying to tell us and the only thing i could get away from it was that you know basically his eyes wander right he's he's um you know he's he's not the most the most faithful person and it's not that you know he means anything by it or he has any intention but it's just that you know he's not he's not really in love with elena or anything like that um it's yeah. it's just that she is his wife uh and so basically my last point of course <laughs> with the with the disclaimer that the most important red flag is that she murders him but um the the, the third thing was that when he's talking about writing his will uh, right before yeah. she does murder him he says so um so robotically kind of that like um you know of course you two are the only people in my life everything will be going to my daughter and you will be getting pre-apportioned payments month by month that will be enough and sufficient for your needs and it's like okay like you know he's just that is a uh you know that's a that's a line on his on his expenses that he has to check off you know what i mean um that's how that's mm-hmm. how it felt to me when he when he said that and i i really do think elena kind of in her head she takes it the same way because that is that is what sets her uh sets her mind to take things into her own hands but in that scene it that particular thing about her receiving the annuity payments or whatever that didn't disappoint her i think that's that's all she was expecting um yeah cuz cuz her next question really is like it's not even about this but what about sasha yeah and um, that's what really i think triggers her and then right? rewind 30 seconds and vladimir's talking about how he's been postponing this conversation um so he obviously feels like he owes her more right so i guess he feels that sense of duty to her but he doesn't act on it. What do you think, Yusuf? Yeah, like at least he knows that it's kind of a grimy move to a degree, right? Like yeah. whether, whether he feels it, he he should give her more or not. He he knows that this isn't going to go down perfectly, um, and so he's he he realizes the prickly situation and kind of puts it off. Yeah, I could see that. But uh, yeah, anyways, I I thought I thought like the, the, there's little cues that like they don't they have more of a functional relationship than they do uh, kind of a really personal relationship. Um, and then I thought it was a nice, ironic little detail that, you know, of course we get that, you know, there's one moment of intimacy at the beginning of the movie that we see, right? And then 
Mm-hmm. She uses the Viagra basically to overdose him after he, or I guess not overdose. Well, it, in whatever case, uh, since he has a weak heart, he shouldn't be taking that. And he takes way too much because she adds it to his regular medicine. Uh, and then basically tells the coroner that like, yeah, he just, he, he wanted to, you know, he wanted to get intimate and he took it and he's like, what the hell's wrong with you guys? Like you're like little children. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, that was a little bit of good comedy, right? Right. Uh, so, I mean, oddly enough, like the whole fact that they were intimate, that's kind of what gets twisted into, um, you know, into being used as a tool for, for his murder. Mm, yeah. A little bit of irony there. Yeah. I'm okay with accepting that maybe they're in a, um, a loveless marriage, but like you said, a functional one. Yeah, like they're okay with is, it, right? Like still, they're just yeah. You know, there's they, there's still benefit, like mutual benefit. From yeah, like they them. knew what it was, and and it is uh, exactly what they expected it to be. Um, but obviously, that leaves very little. As we're talking about duties, uh, there are there is very little duty left from one of them to the other. Um, you know, for Vladimir, he yeah. just doesn't feel that he owes her much in terms of support um, beyond a certain or amount, and, and obviously, you know, she feels that her interest should supersede his, uh, even if it means his life. Well, it also just very simply shows like why he has no connection to, you know, the people that Elena loves, such as her son and her grandson. And also why Elena has no like sympathy or empathy towards Katya and uh, her situation with her father. They're totally detached from that because like we said, their relationship is far too functional (laughs) and not personal. And then Oddly enough, like Katya doesn't really, at least we don't see her put up much of a fight about what happened and how it happened, right? Um, the coroner kind of writes his report and he just got, accepts Elena's word for it. Uh, we do have the one shot in the in the attorney's office kind of, you know, parsing out the estate after after his death, right? After Vladimir's death. Um, so we, we do get mm-hmm. a shot where they're kind of sitting next to each other and going through things. And, and Katya mentions that, you know, I think there's a lot of cash that he used to keep in the house. And Elena says, no, I checked. It's not there. And, and Katya just says, yeah, right. Of course, of course. Like just, you know, um, you know, very, very dismissive as yeah. in like, okay, if you say so, but I knew you were going to say that. Um, but we don't see anything in terms of consequences or any suspicion on Elena beyond that. Yeah, I was going to say, did Katya in that situation suspect that Elena had already taken it or like it was her? Like, I don't know, because her reaction is almost a sarcastic, of yeah. course. And yeah, but at, of course at that point, there. she's already getting a huge um, estate, so she doesn't care. She didn't right? care. But wouldn't she care if she thought that there was some funny business? I mean, beyond the money itself, just would that mm-hmm. signal to her that, you know, maybe this wasn't a simple accident? Uh, and she does say earlier when... When Katya and Elena meet in the coffee shop before Katya goes to visit Vladimir in the hospital, um, she says something about like, "Okay, look, you're playing a great job. I mean, you're doing a great job playing the dutiful wife. We get it. Like she kind of says, like, you know, you're putting on the act. We see it. And it's it's good. It's solid. Uh, But she certainly (laughs) points out that it's it's just a it's a facade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She suspects that that it's not genuine. And I guess as us as an audience, we kind of agree with her, don't we? But yes, I should add that to my list after the murder. Um, also, Katya doesn't think they have any love in their marriage as well. Yeah, I don't know if Katya necessarily resents Elena, right? And my thing, my whole thing about that is um, because Elena is like the only person in her dad's life. Um, otherwise, it's just them two, right? And she doesn't necessarily want to. Uh, she doesn't want a relationship with her father. So why beyond what her? it is already? Yeah. I kind of wish there was a little more behind Katya and her story. I mean, they imply a bunch of stuff and infer a bunch of stuff, but um, this, yeah. this is not 
it's just not there. But whatever, it, I, I didn't have too much of a problem with it. It did function pretty well within the rest of the story. And I think I did appreciate kind of how streamlined the story was. There's a lot where they, they kind of, there's one-off, you know, remarks that tell you something about some of those side characters and their backstories, but they don't really spend time uh, walking you through it or anything. So, I mean, you kind of get the same with, with Sergey and kind of how he's kind of a, a deadbeat dad, essentially, right? Um, he doesn't, mm-hmm. he, he's not able to hold a job. And in fact, he doesn't seem like he's even trying to get a job. Uh, he's pretty much reliant on <laughs> Tanya, a, his wife. He's a sloth. He's, he's constantly looking in the, in the fridge for a beer. Yeah. Like I, I, I love how, and I loved how Tanya says like, go, go get your son, talk to him. And so she goes, he goes to, to, to get his son. He's playing video games and he's like, give me the controller. <laughs> like, and then they're just sitting there <laughs> together playing. Um, yeah. and he's like, I'm talking to my son, leave me alone. Um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I think they rely they rely on uh, Elena's pension, right? Because yep. technically Elena doesn't need the pension because she's living uh, with Val- Vladimir. But <laughs> so, like they pretty much are living off of Elena's pension, and yeah, he's he shows no no motivation to go out and like change his and, change and, his and life. no remorse for his actions, right? Yeah, so th- this is where we like you know totally understand why Vladimir doesn't want to just feed into it. Um, at the same time, right? He he does it no matter he he doesn't hold anything back though for Katya despite her similar uh, persona. I mean she's not maybe she's not a sloth but she's not um, I guess she's not responsible in other ways. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think Vladimir mm-hmm. just feels that well Katya is my responsibility, so I, I have to do it. You know, don't bring that into this. Um, the question yeah. of me giving money to someone who is not my family, which he pretty much says specifically, right? He says, you know, there there it's. It's, it's somebody who's not part Pretty of my life. Strangers. So, um, you know, yeah. that he needs a justification for. Uh, but I thought I really thought they did an efficient job of like showing us those dynamics without giving us like, you know, without without wasting time on those characters and, you know, walking through what they've been through and what type of people they are. You kind of get the picture really quickly. Mm-hmm. Hey, Yusuf, do you mind telling me what your aesthetic score was? Yes. My aesthetic score was an 85. Nice. Okay, so you're you're lower than both me and Fahad, but not by much. I give it a 95, Fahad the 90. We kind of mentioned the camera work in here. I, I mean, I really appreciated how smooth and soft and slow it was. Like, in the house especially, our the camera work is... It's like, impeccable, we, right? You get it's our eyes, right? a beautiful right? sense of space, and, especially in the, yeah, the, yeah. the rich flat. The way it just moves, yeah. like it would move as your head would move if you're trying to like look around a corner, if you're uh, like when you're moving towards something, you know, it's not just zooming in, it's slowly moving towards it. I just thought the camera work was great. And then, Fahad, you mentioned the score. You really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't notice it much, but the times I did notice it, I did appreciate it quite a bit. It was mainly during like, like travel scenes or like when someone's in the car, someone's outside, they're going one place to another place. Mm-hmm. That's like the only real time I noticed noticed the music. Yeah, well, I noticed they never used it inside of Vladimir and Elena's house. Um, they kind mm-hmm. of left the silence there to kind of speak for itself there. Yeah. Ooh, good observation. But yeah, I, I mean, I actually, I, I totally agree with like the the way that those shots of the interior kind of, they're so still and then they kind of like slowly just wade, you know, closer and closer as they're, you know, focusing in on something. Um, I, I really liked that. And they used like a lot of those still shots to, to open. It's like, I want to say like six or seven back to back, just still shots of, 
of different things. We actually start with like um, outside the window, uh, kind of in the middle of the trees, right? Where like there and there's like no mm-hmm. movement other than one or two birds that are kind of uh, mm-hmm. you know moving about. And then and then we go inside and we get several just absolutely still shots of different locations within the house before we even see any movement which is you know we, we finally get a shot of elena kind of waking up in bed um but i thought they 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 i just those were really ele- elegant scenes and they did a really good job of like kind of establishing the setting uh, making sure you understood that environment and and what they were trying to convey with it so uh and then, like i said like on top of that with the with the aesthetics of kind of how they use the sound to give you like a quality to the to the emptiness of that house i love that mm-hmm. yeah now I'm, I'm thinking back i feel like in sergey's house I believe the camera does not move. There's no movement. I guess it's There's really no small. possibility for yeah. movement, right? There's no possibility for tracking within that cramped interior. There's nowhere to go, right? So yeah, um, yeah. I think it, it might pan from room to room, but that's probably probably about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So like, I guess it just gives you another sense of like how how much space there is in Vladimir's house that it kind of has to slowly make its way towards room to room, whereas in uh, Sergey's, it's just hey, let's just turn our head this way, and there you are. Yeah, and I, interestingly. They, like I said, they open on that shot, like through the trees, kind of looking at an angle uh, through a window into the house, although you can't really see much because of the glare. But they end on that exact same shot. Um, and this time around, the house is is populated. At the opening shot, it's totally yeah. empty. Nobody's there. There's no movement. At the end, it's, you know, an entire family sitting around the TV, um, you know. Sasha is out on the balcony. Um, like it's it's a it's an occupied household, right? Uh, and I don't know what I don't know if that's trying to say something about like kind of you know there's there's some warmth in that house finally. I don't know, but um, maybe yeah, yeah. I, I just did notice that that's like the the big difference, right? There's suddenly all this movement and bustle inside the house, which um, you know we didn't start out with. So the only other thing I'd add to that is that the opening scene was a sunrise shot, and then the end looks to be dusker. You can't really tell because yeah, it's dark. Sunset. So. You're assuming like yeah. end of the day kind of scene. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is this, right? From the death of Vladimir, there's life in the house. <laughs> yeah. True. That's very true. Uh, did you guys take anything else away thematically? Mm, I think we've discussed the major themes already. Yusuf, do you want to give me your scores for writing and themes just so I can like round it out and see what we... Uh, writing is an 80 and themes is an 80. So we're actually very close generally. I think only uh, Fahad really love the narrative and like the the story arc didn't bother him how sudden it was uh, but me and Yusuf definitely had an issue with it so like you know for me it's a 78 for Yusuf it's a 72 for Fahad it's an 87 yeah it's a pretty solid movie Fahad why don't you end it with this what would you tell a viewer to be prepared for before watching a movie like this I don't think this is the kind of movie that I could convince many people to watch yeah I just say just be in a more contemplative headspace before you put on this movie you know don't expect any action scenes or anything like (laughs) too dramatic yeah and just be um dialed into just observing things that are being shown um and just draw meaning from those things nothing's going to be spoon-fed in this movie yeah i think this movie is pretty open to interpretation i would i would say i i would i would suggest this movie to somebody who is going to uh, appreciate the aesthetics of it who's going to appreciate the the shot framing um the the sound um, and the set design as well. Yeah, the set design uh, and hand in hand with those things, the themes, because I really think that those aesthetics were totally geared towards 
conveying what they wanted to convey uh, without saying it. So I I, th- I think if you're if you're interested in those two things, this movie's really well dialed into that. Um, and the narrative is, I will say, I wasn't bored. You know, um, I don't I, I can't imagine someone watching this movie and then complaining that the story was too bland. It certainly isn't that. Um, but maybe also not the highlight for me. But um, you know, it's 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 it lands somewhere in the middle there for that. So um yeah, I think I think if you're like you said, if you're in a contemplative mood and if you have an appreciation um for the you know the the mechanics of the movie with the the camera and the sound i think this movie's great for that yeah i think no doubt our aesthetics is our highest category um and themes comes right after so i agree with what you said thanks for listening to this production of the twice over if you enjoyed this episode consider subscribing and sharing it with a friend want to see what your tally is check out the twiceover.com all the movies we've done are listed there as well as what we're watching for the current week Follow us at The Twice Over on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where you can leave us any suggestions, feedback, or comments. And if you're about it, you can also support us on Patreon. The music you hear on this podcast is from Amerigo Gazaway. You can find his work on Bandcamp and Spotify. 